Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm happy to have you with me wherever you might be. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I've got to begin with a Thomas Edsel column. Thomas Edsel is a progressive opinion columnist in the New York Times. Who the New York Times says covers politics, demographics, and inequality. Let me begin with his beginning, which is fascinating and gives you a picture into the soul of where the Democratic Party is right now, where progressives are. The fact that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is favored to win re-election is a clear warning to those worried about declining support for democratic institutions and values in the United States. The prospect of DeSantis's re-election in November suggests that under certain circumstances, the American electorate will tolerate, if not actively embrace, the abuse of traditional political norms by domineering leaders. A DeSantis victory would also demonstrate that the hostility of many mainstream voters to controversial liberal initiatives on social and cultural issues is strong enough to generate formidable backlash. Do you understand that? According to a columnist at the New York Times, if Ron DeSantis is reelected in a Democratic vote in Florida, it means democracy is threatened. That's right. If Ron DeSantis is able to win, it means democracy is threatened. It also means mainstream voters are upset by liberal initiatives on social and cultural issues. Essentially what it means and what he gets at in this piece is that a DeSantis win is bad for the Democratic Party and anything that's an affront to the Democratic Party is bad for democracy because they have internalized on the left that the Republicans are a fascistic anti-democratic party. There are many other examples of DeSantis at once calculated and provocative behavior, whether it concerns Disney's special tax status in his state or the so-called don't say gay bill, it's so-called because it doesn't actually say that, that took effect this summer and has roiled the beginning of Florida school year. In this context, the DeSantis governorship provides insight into what our national life might look like if in 2024 the Republicans win a clean sweep, giving them control of the White House, the Senate, and the House. That DeSantis has pushed these boundaries is no surprise. What is surprising is the absence of strong organized opposition in a purple state. Why? One answer is that his policies have substantial support. If the voters of a state support the initiatives of the incumbent governor and a majority of them reelect him, 
How is that an assault on democracy? Maybe, just maybe, progressives, and Edsel to some degree seems like he's coming to this recognition here, maybe, just maybe, the Democrats are starting to realize many of their policies aren't actually that popular. This is one reason why I think Republicans need to get off the um, Mar-a-Lago defensive Donald Trump stuff. I actually think that we're starting to hear about a possible indictment of Donald Trump as a way to try to provoke Republicans into overplaying their hand and go kind of crazy before the election. Nothing's going to come before the election. It's just not. They're not going to do it before the election. I mean, if they do do it before the election, it's going to be so clearly uh, seen as a partisan provocation that I think the Democrats will have overplayed their hand and provoke a backlash against them. So the dripping out that an indictment might be coming against Donald Trump after the election is designed to provoke Republicans to turn voters more fully against Republicans. There are more and more growing data points out there that actually the Democrats have turned a corner in the polling trends. The Democrats appear to be picking up some steam in the polling trends, and it has everything to do with the Republican defense of Donald Trump. The more they make 2022 about Donald Trump and the more Republicans swing towards defense of Donald Trump as opposed to talking about the economy, the more Democrats do better. Let me give you the polling trends. Political Morning Consult, Democrats up five. Quinnipiac, Democrats up four. Economist YouGov, Democrats up eight. The polling for Joe Biden, his approval is abysmal, but it's getting better. Rasmussen has him down twin. Reuters has him down 20. Economist YouGov has him down eight. Quinnipiac has him down 12. Politico Morning Consult has him down 12. Quinnipiac and Politico and Economist all have the Democrats leading in the generic ballot right now, even as Joe Biden himself is deeply unpopular. I think it's safe to say in the trend lines, Democrats have turned a quarter. Now, these are registered voter polls, not likely voter polls. It's not really when voters start solidifying in the middle to end of September. I still think things change. I still think Republicans find their footing on all of these other issues. But it is not a coincidence that the daily droning by the media is all about Donald Trump and the GOP response because they're trying to provoke a Republican fixation on Donald Trump right now to get Republicans to stop focusing on on democratic policies. Democrats have frankly worked themselves into a frenzy where they've decided if Republicans win, democracy itself loses. Not the Democratic Party. The the Democrats have convinced themselves they are the only true heirs of the American democratic legacy. Now, for those who scream, we're a republic, not a democracy, I got you, but you know what I mean unless you're really stupid. We have democratic traditions in this country, even as we have Republican institutions. And by the way, our founders didn't like direct democracy. That's why we're a republic. They went with the Roman tradition of democracy, not the Greek tradition of democracy. Uh, You know, the Romans and the Greeks had uh, lots of similar setups, but in different ways. So in Greece, democracy was direct. In Rome, democracy was republican, meaning that you had these institutions by which the will of the people was executed by others. So you minimized uh, the mob. It was one of the things the Romans put in place to minimize direct democracy because as the Roman Republic grew, even before the empire, it became unwieldy to have everybody show up to vote. 
So a Roman Republic is a Grecian-style democracy with checks and balances in the process so that the mob is not directly in control. But it's it, it, we're quibbling over over language here. You know what I mean. We have Republican institutions, but we have democratic processes in the country. The problem is that the Democrats like to ignore those Republican institutions. The Senate is not a democratic institution. The Senate is designed to represent the states because when a state joined the union, their joining was a tacit agreement that they themselves would cede limited powers to Washington. D.C. because together they could do things that individually they didn't have the resources to do or the clout to be able to do. But they didn't give up all of their sovereignty. They remained semi-sovereign and the states had a role to play. And the Electoral College reflects that role. The Democrats constantly, continually, and all the time try to degrade, undermine, and discredit the Republican institutions of the country that the founders insisted upon, all while screaming about the Republicans being somehow how a threat to the country. Maybe the Democrats need to look in the mirror. It's not Republicans burning down pregnancy centers. It's not Republicans protesting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Minneapolis, and Washington, D.C., burning storefronts. It's not Republicans trying to storm federal courthouses. Yeah, there were some Trump supporters who stormed the federal capitol. And there's been a whole lot of apologetics on the right for a lot of that nonsense that shouldn't have happened. But the Democrats, they want to focus on that one, not all the other stuff. And too many Republicans are willing to take the bait. Too many Republicans are willing to help the Democrats fixate on that. I mean, we're now at a point where President Trump himself in his political for in his legal filings over the stuff at Mar-a-Lago, says that uh, they need to have a special master with classified clearance to review the documents, even as the president publicly is saying that he declassified all the documents. Why do you need a special master with classified clearance to look at documents you say were declassified unless they weren't actually declassified? We've got President Trump defending the possession of these documents while also claiming the documents were uh, dropped off and planted by the FBI. None of it makes any sense, and it's all designed to get Republicans to defend their man and avoid talking about the economy, talking about inflation, talking about schools, talking about the pandemic response by the Democrats, talking about all the issues on which voters dislike the Democrats, including the border and crime. Republicans should stop taking the bait. You have Democrats out there right now in the pages of the New York Times claiming if Republicans win, democracy is threatened. So prove them wrong and win. Stop playing on their battlefield. Play on your own. Play by your rules, not their rules. Republicans need to do well in November, and right now they look like they're squandering it. Republicans right now look like they are the ones who are taking the bait as opposed to focusing on the things that voters matter, they care about. Time and time again, all of the polling shows Voters care about the economy. They care about crime. They care about the abortion. Have Democrats to some degree found some momentum with abortion? Absolutely. It does appear so. I was originally dismissive of it. Figure those voters, they would vote Democrat anyway, but actually it did fire up a class of voters who otherwise would have set it out, and they want to go vote for abortion. They want to vote to kill kids. That's part of the country you live in, whether you like these people or not. They are there too, and the only way to offset it is to show up and vote in November. And the Democrats are doing everything possible they can 
to convince as many people as possible. Even though you dislike the Democrats, you can't let the Republicans take back power because all they'll do is defend Donald Trump. And the Republican response is to double down on defending Donald Trump as opposed to talking about the economy and crime and the border and inflation and the cost of living and education and the pandemic and the Democrats' failed responses and the number of people they fired and put out of work for refusing to take a vaccine that doesn't work. You have an entire message, Republicans. You might as well use it because I really, really want to see Democrats melt down in November when Republicans do well. I really want to see the Republicans take back the House and the Senate, and I really want to see Ron DeSantis win because I think the greatest night of television uh, will be that night watching MSNBC when they pour kerosene on themselves and strike a match self-immolating on television in despair and hysteria over Republicans doing well. After all the Democrats have done, the Republicans will have won democratically in this country. The very threats to democracy Democrats warn us about will have done well, and I don't want you people to depress Drive me of the joy of watching MSNBC on election night and seeing the tears and hysteria and hyperbole of Democrats in despair that they themselves have brought down their own house and raised up the Republicans into the House and Senate and gotten Ron DeSantis and Brian Kemp and Greg Abbott and Carrie Lake in Arizona elected governor. You notice how the Democrats aren't talking about Carrie Lake now that she's the nominee in Arizona. The Democrat out there is in complete disarray. Her campaign staff quits. She's behind in the polls. She's not doing well. She's not a very nice person. And all the media hysteria about Carrie Lake has disappeared. I want to see Dr. Oz win in Pennsylvania. And I really want to see some of these Republicans who the Democrats backed over the stolen election stuff thinking it would hurt them. I really want to see people like John Gibbs in Michigan. I want to see him win. I want to see all these Republicans win, and then I want to turn on MSNBC on election night, and I want to watch them cry. And Republicans, if you keep taking the bait and making this all about Trump instead of the economy, crime, the border, and the like, well, you're going to deprive me of that opportunity, and I'll be upset with you. We all need a good laugh. This election season, it's been miserable. We need a good laugh, and the best way to get it is to win in November and then flip over to MSNBC and watch them cry. Please, Republicans, don't screw this up for us. We need you to win so we can watch them cry. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull and Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king you will feel the difference and they're 100 percent free from toxins no pesticides no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15 percent off your first set of sheets when you use promo code eric e-r-i-c-k at bolandbranch.com that's bolandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com the promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k
important, I will be sending out a recipe here in just a little while. If you're not on the recipe list, you can be. It's no charge. I mean, you can, if you want to pay, there's like a $30 one, and that just helps me buy the ingredients to test the recipes. I'm testing a Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich. It's pretty good the way it is, but I want to improve it before I send you the recipe. Hoping by next week I will. But you don't have to do the $30 one. You can do the free one, and you still get all the recipes. All you do is text the word recipe, singular, not recipes, but recipe, singular, to 33777. I'll send you back the link. You click it. You get all the recipes. You can get it in your email box. I'm going to send you one today. I think it's going to be a cookie. I've been sending a lot of grilling stuff and cooking stuff. We need a dessert. All right, uh, I want to go to the phones. Greg, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi, Mr. Erickson. First, I want to I want to give you kudos. I'll tell you what, I am so impressed with you, with your faith and your your logic and your intelligence. I want to extend it to you. My second you. thing I'd like to say is, I, you're welcome. I really believe that the Democrats are so desperate and so scared that we're going to win this midterm, and Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis is going to become president and come after them. I really believe this in my heart. I believe that we are all destined for things, and I think that the Republicans are going to win the House and the Senate and come after them. I truly believe this because, Mr. Erickson, if we do not do this, we have lost everything. Oh, listen, Greg, I I think about the only thing the Republicans will have power to do other than the budget is investigate. And they need to investigate the snot out of the Democrats. You drag Anthony Fauci back up there after retirement and you let Rand Paul run the hearing on gain-of-function research. You bring in Christopher Wray and the FBI and you start investigating these leaks to the New York Times, blabbing on everything they supposedly found about Donald Trump. You bring in the Secretary of State and you begin investigating the Iran deal, you bring in every single person you can from this administration, and you bring them in again and again and again and again, and you investigate everything. You investigate how it is that last month Nancy Pelosi and her husband could sell their NVIDIA stock, and this month, surprise, NVIDIA's stock fell because the government put restrictions on them. That can't be a coincidence that that pattern keeps happening with Nancy and Paul Pelosi. You investigate that. It is time. Treat it like the House check-writing scandal back in the early 90s. How is it these people are getting rich in Washington, D.C. by being public servants? You investigate it all. You investigate the partisanship and the civil service. Investigate all of it. Ask tough questions. That's what Republicans can and should do. They need to not be distracted, frankly, by the Hunter Biden stuff. They need to start investigating all the other stuff about the Democrats. Do the Hunter Biden stuff, but don't ignore that stuff. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson Nationwide. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to go back to the phones here. Shaheen, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. How are you? How are you doing, Mr. Erickson? Great. Uh, Yes, uh, I was telling the screener uh, that um, I was born in Iran, but I came to this country in 1977. My father came uh, here in 1974, and three years later, I, I came in here. And anyway... Well, I was going to say that um, Obama, he took a lot of uh, papers, classified papers with him when he went out of office. And uh, nobody said anything about that. 
he took it because he wanted to put it in his museum or something like that. Uh, that's what I heard. And uh, when uh, President uh, Trump was moving out, I'm sure the Secret Service was there. And he didn't pack his stuff. They packed it for him. Then when he went to uh, over there in Florida, like three weeks before they came in the second time, they took a bunch of stuff with them. And they came back again. Looks like, um, and I was going to mention to you, they, when they Obama gave all that money to you, to the mullahs, mm-hmm. I have friends in Iran. They say that they split it three ways between Obama and mullahs and John Kerry. <laughs> that's what I heard. And, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know that I can substantiate the, that they did. I mean, it wouldn't surprise any of us, would it? Um, I, I do know something about Obama and the classified documents that he took. You know, they do all of this is kind of the baffling, frustrating thing here. You know, if Trump built the presidential library and he hasn't yet. If he built the presidential library, all of his documents, including the top secret stuff, would wind up there with some exceptions. Uh, and a lot of the classified stuff winds up in those presidential libraries and certain people get access to go see them. Obama did the same thing, uh, but they were routed through the National Archives instead of going to his house. Uh, and once the, the presidential library was was under construction, they were then housed in a facility. That's uh, Trump kind of bypassed the process there. Um, I don't think, though, that it is helpful for Republicans to spend a ton of time on it. I will, since Shaheen brought it up, I will just say this. Um, I don't think the FBI planted documents on Donald Trump, and here is why. Because in Donald Trump's legal filings, not his public statements, but the legal filings made under oath, they don't make that argument. And if you're not going to make it under oath in court, I don't understand why I should believe your public statements. Also, um, I don't think that Donald Trump did declassify the documents on his way out the door. And the reason I say that is because he does not make that argument in court either. In fact, he argues for a special um, a special master who can review the documents to see what was and was not appropriate and argues in his court filing revealed last night that he has to, um, they've got to have that special master of classified security clearance because some of the documents are classified. Well, I thought he said everything was unclassified because he did it. There's a direct contradiction between public statements and what you say in court. That's always a very relevant thing in all of these. It's very much like the the, the stolen election stuff from 2020. A lot of people make a lot of claims, but then when you read the actual court filings of stuff they were willing to put under oath, because remember, if you put this stuff under oath and it turns out you knew it wasn't true, you go to jail. So what you say in court matters way more than what you say in public, because in court you can't be as flippant with your public statements. So in when public they say these documents are planted and in court they don't even make the argument, that suggests to me there were no documents planted. When in public they say that everything was declassified and in court they admit that a lot of things weren't declassified, that, that has weight on me. The real problem here is that he's got some crap lawyers. And this is always the case with Donald Trump. He never likes to pay for the high-class lawyers, and the high-class lawyers get tired of being burned by his team, so they don't want to work with him either. He's got to get good lawyers in this stuff. Now, I have spent five minutes talking about this issue. 
It's way more than it deserves. Uh, we've got an election in November, and the Democrats want to make it about Trump, and we're just playing into their hands. In fact, President Biden intends to make his closing argument. He's going to address the nation, and he's going to take aim at what he calls the MAGA Republicans and the election deniers. He's going to address the nation. Prime time tonight in Philadelphia. He wants to call out extremists. I'm wondering, will there be a response from the Republicans? Will the media even give the Republicans a response? It's going to be a 25-minute speech. And it's going to be heralded as the media does. Listen to how they herald it. The speech, expected to last about 25 minutes, comes at a moment of surprising political promise for Biden. In recent weeks, gas prices have fallen, the COVID crisis has grown less urgent, and his domestic agenda has gradually passed. His winning streak culminated with the resurrection of a reconciliation bill that fulfilled Democratic priorities on climate change, drug pricing, and taxes on corporations. His poll numbers have risen to the highest point in months, and Democrats have grown bullish about their chances of holding the Senate and potentially even the House. They're not going to hold the House. They might keep the Senate. They're not going to hold the House. But the Democrats are suddenly buoyed. They're bullish. They're buoyant. They're excited. And now he wants to make it all about Trump. And any of you Republicans who are spending your time on Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago, you're playing into their hands. Donald Trump's not on the ballot. Joe Biden and his party are. They control everything in Washington. Inflation is high. We're headed into or are in a recession. Gas prices may be coming down. But, you know, gas prices coming down actually correspond to the release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and a decline in the economy around the world. And the Strategic Petroleum Reserve release is going to stop in the beginning of October. Saudi Arabia is going to scale back its production. Uh, OPEC is being warned that there's an economic slowdown coming and they should expect a decrease in demand for gas. As a result, they want to slow production to keep gas prices high. They might overplay their hands. Gas prices might go up and you know for sure what they're going to do. They're going to stop blaming Vladimir Putin and they're going to start blaming Saudi Arabia, claiming this, this is to try to throw the election for the Republicans. What I find notable is this. Joe Biden is going to address the nation tonight. The Republicans are probably not going to get an equal time response on it. And what Joe Biden is going to say is that we got to stop these extremists from taking over Washington, D.C. It's going to be a pitch to independent voters to reject Republicans. What Joe Biden is not really going to talk about is his agenda. What Joe Biden is not really going to talk about are his accomplishments. What Joe Biden is not really going to talk about is the economy. You had Brian Deese, his spokesman for the National Council of Economic Advisors on television saying, well, we're in a transition and a slowdown is part of that transition. Americans don't want to hear about a slowdown. We've had a slowdown in hiring. We've had a slowdown in spending. We've had a slowdown in the economic pace of this country. We're headed into a recession. The closing argument from the Democrats is what they told us all along it was going to be. The very reason they set up the January 6th commission. They want to run claiming Republicans are a threat to the American Republic and our democratic institutions. They don't want to run on the record. 
The question is whether Republicans take the bait, whether Republicans agree, whether Republicans echo it. I got to tell you, if I were Republicans, I would begin an immediate ad campaign against the Democrats. Joe Biden is claiming Republicans are a threat to America. Who's a bigger threat to America? Republicans or the Biden agenda that's caused rampant inflation, caused a recession, caused your wages to go down, caused you to think about radical options? If I were Republicans, I'd be running a big ad campaign nationwide. Joe Biden wants to bail out Harvard lawyers on the backs of the responsible people who paid off their debts or never went to college. If I was a Republican, I would run ads pointing out inflation is at a high we haven't seen since Jimmy Carter. Gas prices may be coming down, but they're still higher than when Republicans last control Washington, D.C. And what's Joe Biden doing? Refusing expanded production to get prices down even lower and create American jobs. Joe Biden has shown a willingness to kill off jobs to handle radical environmentalists. Around the country, environmentalists and power companies are shutting off your thermostat and making you sweat because they can't handle the infrastructure upgrades this country needs. They can't handle the power grid. They want you to rely on wind and solar power that isn't sustainable and oftentimes doesn't work. Joe Biden's solution for America is to take it back to the dark ages. Joe Biden's solution for America is for you to hate Pay high prices and like it. Joe Biden's solution for America is for you to give up your car and wait for the power to come on to charge up a new one that you can't afford to buy. Joe Biden's solution for America is for you hardworking Americans to pay the debts of those who got theater degrees and gender studies degrees. The Republicans have a winning message for November if they choose to pursue that message. All the Democrats have is trying to make half this country hate the other half of the country. All the Democrats have is trying to make you hate Republicans. You know what? I think that the Republicans are going to go vote. The Democrats are already going to get the people who are voting on abortion. They'll get some independence on that issue now, and some people will just show up on the abortion issue alone. But the fact that the president of the United States of America intends to use a primetime address aided and abetted by the American media that already hates Republicans, they're giving him 25 minutes of airtime in primetime television to make his closing arguments for the Democrats on September 1st, 2022, two plus months before the election concludes, and it's going to be about MAGA Republicans as opposed to a broken economy, tells you everything you need need to know and should dictate the terms of the Republican response. If Republicans do not respond aggressively and make it about crime and the border and the economy and inflation and the cost of living and the coming recession, they will be guilty of political malpractice. It will be malpractice if Republicans don't turn the table and get back on the issue. They've taken the bait. They need to spit the bait out. They need to go back to what matters. And the voters tell everyone in every poll, they don't care about the Trump issue. They don't care about the MAGA Republican issue. They care about their economy. They care about their families. They care about the crime in their neighborhoods. They care about the border situation. They care about the cost of living. They care about their wage decline. They care about their children not being able to find jobs because of a coming recession. 
They care about their neighbors struggling. They care about their neighbors' homes being broken into. They care about the violence in the streets from gangs. They care about the fentanyl crisis. They care about all of these things that have gotten worse under Joe Biden and the Democrats. So why focus on Mar-a-Lago and MAGA Republicans? Let the Democrats do it. You focus on what the voters say they actually care about, and you will win in November, and we'll all get to turn on MSNBC and watch them cry. In part, we'll get to watch them cry because you've taken your business to Patriot Mobile, and Patriot Mobile is helping conservatives advance in November. Patriot Mobile is a Christian conservative cell phone provider. They are explicitly organized that way. They take a portion of their profits, and they give that money to the pro-life cause, to the Second Amendment cause, and to conservatives. They need your help to do it. All you got to do is take your telephone number and port it over to Patriot Mobile and let them be your cell phone provider. You get guaranteed great service. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can see their coverage maps all the way down to your house. You see how good the 5G is, how good the 4G is, how good the data is. You get great voice quality with them. You can take an unlocked phone over there if you've got one. You can get a new phone from them if you need it. You can get a brand new phone number if you want or just take your existing phone number. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. They give you great, great discounts as well to use them. If you're a teacher, a first responder, and an RA member, you get discounts. If you got a bunch of lines because you have multiple kids and they all need cell phones because they're at that age, they'll give you good discounts. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. When you call them at 972-PATRIOT, you tell them I sent you and you get free activation. Otherwise, you can do it all online, PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. I have to amend my prior remarks and say the GOP also has a case to make on education, uh, not just crime, the border, inflation, recession, the economy, education, too. They really need to do education as well. Uh, let's go to the phones. Peggy, you're going to be up next. Peggy, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Thank you, Eric. You know, you're a thousand percent right on the messaging that the Republicans need to make. But what they need to do, they need to be, instead of saying it as a general vague concept of border, inflation, you know, whatever, education, they need to be specific. You know, there are 200 million plus gas powered cars. And if you look at California as an example, who's trying to get rid of them by 2035, maybe 15% in California have electric cars, but obviously their grid doesn't work because they're telling people to not use power. They need right. to be specific and get down to the emotional level, for example, um, illegal immigration. How much is it costing for housing, food, whatever, medical? And, and drill down to how much it's costing the taxpayers individually, you know, 20 billion. And then for each one of you individually, it's this much. The Democrats are so good at hitting that emotional level, that personal message. And we're a little more vague and it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, I, I look, I think there should be some real specificity. I actually, I think you're right on that. We don't do that. And we should. Part of it is I think they've decided there's only so much that can be captured within uh, a 30-second or a one-minute advertisement, depending on where it is. But I think people intuitively understand there are costs. We need to explain this stuff. I, I think you're right there, and, and I hope that the powers that be listen. Uh, Saeed, I want to go to you next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Hello? Hi. How are you? 
Hi, Eric. How are you? Great. Good. You, you have one day that you have two people from Iran calling you. I am from <laughs> Iran. Some of my best friends growing up were from Iran. <laughs> so my point is that why, do you really think that with everything that Republicans are doing is the system, if the way we are going right now, the system can fix itself? Like the way that the Constitution say that if checks and balances would take care of everything. Because when we went to uh, being an immigrant to the United States and we went to take being a citizen, so in a citizenship, one of the things was that the checks and balances would protect the people from one part of the government to become too powerful. It seems like the Democrats and the government, when they get the power in their hands, they use it to the point that no one can stop them. They can break the laws. They can do whatever they want. At least it seems like that. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So let, let me just say, Democrats say the exact same thing about us, believe it or not. They, they do. And in both sides, there's a level of legitimacy that I think I have to give to it in that the Congress when controlled by the same party as the White House, tends to turn a blind eye to everything people in the executive branch do. Where I think, however, Republicans are at a disadvantage is the innate bureaucracy does tend to lean left. And I admire the Trump plan, and any Republican who becomes president should embrace it, to start just purging the bureaucracy. You've got to purge the bureaucracy. There is an entrenched bureaucracy. It transcends partisanship, although these people do lean to the left. They view the world as progressives. They think they're entitled to make the decisions for our lives. And we need to push back on these people uh, tremendously. Uh, and the best way we can do it is to purge the bureaucracy and get these people out of the, the public sector civil service. Uh, we've got to clean up the civil service. That's where Democrats embed people, and we got to push them out. 